Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listening to Dr. Rob White with the AULC Ministries. Scan the QR code to visit our website at AULC.us and find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and TalkShoe. The following presentation is from a new series from Dr. Rob White called Blast from the Past. In this series, Dr. Rob will feature past sermons that were recorded live. We hope you enjoy this new series. Let's start with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today as we open your word to find out what else you have to tell us today. Each time we open your word, we see something different. We get a different message. We ask that you give us that message again today, Lord. Be with those that can't be here. Be with those that need to hear the message. Have the ears to hear. We just ask this as we come to you today to hear your voice to fill your presence with us. And we just ask that you be here with us and help us today. We ask this in your son Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Our scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 34 and 53 to 56. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place. But many saw them leaving and recognized them. People ran there by land from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. So as he stepped ashore, he saw a huge crowd and had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. And then going to verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to a land at Genereset and beached the boat. As they got out of the boat, people immediately recognized him. They hurried throughout the vicinity and began to carry the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he would go into villages, towns, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch just the tassel of his robe, and everyone who touched it was made well. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Now our gospel lesson today is composed of two passages linked by their similar content. Last week we seen Mark tell a story within a story. We're going to see that again this week. This week the story of Jesus and his apostles, they're going away to a deserted place for solitude together so they can get some rest. They had all been going out preaching and healing and teaching, and they were tired. They were hungry. They were wore out. 
And then they keep getting interrupted by crowds that have these needs. And the story of the crowds coming to Jesus for healing is in the second part of our gospel lesson today. Now, between these two passages, Mark tells the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which we know it was actually more than that because they just count the men in these stories in the Bible. It was more like 10 or 15,000 when you gathered everyone together. Also, we see the story of Jesus walking on the water. This is a, an example, again, of a story within a story, or we're seeing several stories within a story here. It's a, a favorite use of the Gospels that Mark likes to do. Now, in this case, Mark ties together Jesus' teaching along with his healing ministry. And it also has a story of him providing bread, which has Eucharistic overtones, like we just did our communion. And that's what the bread is uh, kind of simulating there, and it's showing that. Now, these passages speak to us because we've all felt like the disciples have felt. We've felt like there just wasn't enough hours in the day. We got hurried and we got harried and we got wore out. Now, the needs were great because the crowds were very large. The disciples couldn't even find time to take out of their busy schedule just to eat. Have you ever been that busy? I know I have from time to time, but sooner or later, my body starts going, you better eat now. You know, if, if you've got diabetes, you know, you better eat or you're going to suffer the consequences. Busyness was a problem for them. And it seems like the farther they got into their ministry, the worse that it got. Our problem is a world where experts have engineered out everything including breathing room in what we do in today's society. Our labor-saving devices fail to save us from laboring sometimes. Our communications technology fails to bring us together. And our leisure time is often filled with doing chores and doing work. But worst are the interruptions. If we could just concentrate on one thing, find one task and do it, we could get the job done. If we could just plan out our work and work our plan, life would be simple, wouldn't it? If it wasn't for the phone and the person that has a question, well, all of a sudden, they you need something new added to your, your job. There's a line of people at the counter waiting on you to serve them. These passages speak to us because we've also felt like the people that thronged to go to Jesus, wanting Jesus' attention. We too have been sick in body and in spirit, in desperate need just of Jesus' healing touch. And we too have been rushed around hoping that we can find help and begging that Jesus might even let us just touch the fringe of his cloak so that we can be healed. Truck drivers often today drive long distances. They, they take supplies to others and they carry goods from one, one part of the country across the, the other. These drivers, they bring groceries to our local markets and lumber to mills and uh, doors and windows that have been made. And 
They deliver cars and books and computers and, and you name it, they deliver it. Long haul truck drivers are hardworking men and women because they are on the road every day of their lives. And to help them be safe though, the uh, commerce people have said, and the, the commercial driving police and like that, they've said you can only be on the road a certain amount of hours. Now, I don't know what that, those hours are now. used to be that you could only drive for like 12 hours. Then you had to take eight hours off. Maybe that away now. But the thing is, they have to take time and shut their trucks down and take a rest. they got to take a break. If they get caught by the, the state police or whatever, and they're pulled over, and they look at their logbook and say, well, you've been on the road for 24 hours. Well, they get fined. They get points off of their CDL license because they're breaking the law. They're told they have to take a break. It's a, a very important rule. Now they take the time off, that way they can drive safely again. And we learn about the importance of rest in the Bible with, with Jesus and his disciples today being very busy and teaching and healing and, and showing the people God's love. Jesus finally tells his disciples, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. And that's good advice for all of us. We all could use that advice because we can become very busy ourselves. It's useful and exciting to study hard and work hard and, and do things around the house and just constantly keep going. But we need to take lessons from like a skilled musician that you can only practice for so long and then you start getting tired and your work starts reflecting that. So you take a break. Then you go back later and do it again. While we're busy enjoying all these wonderful opportunities that we have, it's important to remember that we also need to take time to be alone and to rest. Rest is important to our health. It, it allows us to be more helpful to others. If you're tired and ragged and like this, you kind of get a little bit edgy and you start biting someone's head off and, and that doesn't help anything. It's time to step away and get some rest. And like Jesus says, come away and rest a while. Now Jesus had sent the disciples out on this mission two by two to heal the sick and proclaim the gospel. Their mission, it was a roaring success. Everywhere they went, they had successful healings. They had successful teachings. And they could hardly wait to get back to Jesus and tell him all the good news of all their ventures, their travels. And they had gathered themselves together to Jesus and told him things, whatever they had done, whatever they had taught. We see in verse 30 of our lesson today. Now, wouldn't that have been fun? Think about it for a minute. Jesus sends you out on a mission and it's successful. And you can't wait to get back and you're so excited. You just got to tell him. And same way, like if you do a good job at work or at the church or whatever, and you just can't wait to tell somebody. And you can just imagine the disciples, because there was 12 of them. And while someone is giving their story, someone else is going, oh, I got to tell mine. I'm next. I'm next. They're just that excited. Jesus let them talk. He let them all tell their stories. Then after they talked themselves out, he says it's time to go to a deserted place and rest a while. 
They were tired. Jesus could see that. They were still on that high from being so excited and out on their successful mission and all the wonderful things that had happened to them. And they probably didn't even know they were tired. Kind of like when you took your kids to an amusement park and you're wore out, but they're still going like they just got there. That was the kind of high the disciples were on. And I'm sure that Jesus told them he was so proud of them because they had done very well. And then he tells them it's time to go rest. There's time to work. There's time to rest is what Jesus is telling us. There's time to produce and there's time to enjoy. Now Mark 6 verses 7 to 13 tells us about the sending out of the 12 two by two with the authority to take care of unclean spirits and to preach repentance and cast out demons and heal the sick. And in verses 14 to 29, Mark interrupts the story to tell us the, the, the tale of John the Baptist, which we heard last week. And in verses 30 to 34 today, Mark resumes the story of the 12 with their reporting their mission status to Jesus. It's just another example of a story within a story that we see. Jesus sent them out as the 12, but Mark is one of the first ones to call them apostles. It's the only place in the gospel that Mark uses the word apostles. Uh, Jesus just calls them the 12. The word apostles is particularly appropriate because it comes from the Greek apostello. It means to send. And it was the word that Mark used in verse 7, speaking of sending out the 12. The apostles had been commissioned by Jesus to become his official agents. The technical term was salia, where the representative takes on the authority of the person that sends him. Like if you was a representative of the king, you had the king's authority to go and tell somebody just like the king was telling them. In this case, the apostles were speaking of the authority of the king of kings. Now Jesus sees the apostles are weary after their missions and invites them to a place of solitude so they can rest. Soon, Jesus will have compassion on the crowd, but first, he takes compassion on his disciples. And they haven't even had time to eat. Discipleship must balance time for service and time for physical and spiritual renewal as well. The disciples were so busy, they didn't have any time to eat. And I know it can be exciting to get caught up like that and did not eat I'm bad about it. When my wife is gone, I don't eat. Uh, it's not that I get so caught up. I'm lazy. <laughs> it means I've got to fix something. But usually there's something in the refrigerator I can get a hold of. She knows this, so she takes care of me ahead of time. But they hadn't eaten, and then Jesus puts them in this boat, and they've got to row across the water to this deserted place they thought would be deserted where they could get a rest. Now, I know when you're tired, you don't want to do something physical like rowing a boat. But the disciples, they probably didn't notice too much about that. They just knew they were going to get a rest. And we would expect tired and hungry men to respond with anger for Jesus telling them this. But they didn't react that way, or at least Mark doesn't tell us how they reacted. Jesus has compassion on the crowds, though, when he sees them on the shore. 
He treats them like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus has a sharp tongue for the self-satisfied, but he has a soft heart for people that are in need. The word sheep without a shepherd imply a rebuke on the religious leaders of the day who have failed in their shepherding role to their flocks. And then Jesus begins to teach them many things. What the crowd expected to find when they intercepted Jesus, we don't know. But crowds love drama. And so they might have expected him to just get off of the boat and start doing miracles. Uh, instead, they got teaching. Mark doesn't give us any sense of what the crowd felt. If they felt disappointed or if they felt elated or what, we don't know. But we do know they just went with it. Teaching and feeding and healing shows Jesus' concern for people's physical and spiritual welfare while providing a model for ministry that has served the church well for centuries now. The word and sacrament constitute the core of our ministry like bread and blankets are just as important as the rest of the ministries. Now God acknowledged in Genesis the need for rest. He did that during the creation. He created light and then day and night and the skies and the water and dry land, the trees and the vegetation, the sun and the moon and the seasons, the birds and the fish and all the animals. And then finally he created humans. And then what did God do after that? He rested. He was showing us that for six days we should toil and labor. But on the seventh day we should rest. And Genesis 2, 2 to 3 tells us on the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had made. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested in it from all his work, which he had created and made. Later, God would tell us to take the Sabbath and keep it holy and to make it a, a spiritual day of renewal and rest. And there was nothing arbitrary about it. God knows the need for rest and renewal. God knows that without rest and renewal, we're going to wear out before our time. Now, everyone's had a car here or had access to a car. And you may or may not have new cars, but they come with these little manuals, which guys refuse to read because unless it's absolutely necessary. But if you take time, to read the manual on your car, it's going to give you some good advice. It's gonna tell you how to check your tires for the proper inflation, check your oil and when to change the oil and like that and how to maintain your antifreeze and your braking system. It's gonna tell you to perform certain things at certain mileages. The people who wrote the book on your car, they know everything about your car. They designed and built it. So we need to read that book. And although it's a little boring, it'll save you in the long run because if you're broke down somewhere and someone picks you up, a tow truck or whatever, and says, well, you've blown your engine because you never changed your oil, well, you might have wished you'd read the book. It's just the same way with our Creator's book. We cannot ignore it. We need to read it for instructions because in it, God tells us when we need to take a rest, when we need to get renewed. We're no longer under the Jewish obligation to take the Sabbath and keep it holy. 
But the purpose behind the Sabbath is still with us. God still created a need for spiritual renewal and worship, reconnecting with God, and most of all, resting. And we don't do that very well these days. Now, when I was young and when you were young, you can probably remember stores being closed on Sundays. Sundays, you couldn't hardly find anything open because everyone was closed. It was a day for their employees to take off and go to church and rest and, and relax and, and the store wasn't doing anything and it was, you know, everyone was happy. And now you look at businesses around, even our little town here, you see stores open on Sunday. As I was coming in here this morning, I noticed Advance Auto Parts over here, the, one of the employees was opening the door and turning on the lights at nine o'clock this morning. Well, there's someone not going to church this morning because they have to work, because an auto parts store feels they have to be open. We think we can't take time out for rest and renewal on Sunday. We have so much to do. It's, it's one of the few days we have off and we have to do laundry. We gotta mow the lawn and we gotta take time for rest. And if we do, it's just gonna make everything pile up on us. In Sunday evenings, the highways around every major city is crowded. Cars are full of exhausted people returning from what they feel they had to do all day. We work hard and we play hard. We're like the driver of a car that believes he can't afford $39.95 to get his oil changed because I just can't spare that money now. I can't spare that time to take an hour out of my life to make sure my car is healthy. I gotta keep going. I gotta keep moving. I just can't take the time. Mechanics have a saying, it's either pay me now or pay me later. They say you change the oil or you change your engine. The person who won't change the oil probably will trade cars off often because of all the problems they have. They have to work hard to make the money to buy a new car. And then certainly, he's not gonna have time to change the oil then. But we're all like that. We work at work, we work at home, we work at work, and we work at play. Sometimes the church is part of this problem. In the church, as in most organizations, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Sometimes the church will work people to death. Gary Carver, a Baptist preacher, tells about a couple who joined his church. The man said, preacher, the last church almost killed us. They almost worked us to death. We were involved in everything, and I can guarantee you we're not going to get involved in anything in this church. And they didn't. Carver tells about another man who had been a Sunday school director and a teacher and a deacon and most everything else in the church. And the man told Carver, he says, I have to get out. I had two boys growing up in my home and I looked at my calendar and in one month, I spent 26 nights at church in that one month. 26 out of 30 nights. I heard about a pastor who was trying not to be part of the problem. He changed a sign on his church to read Express Worship, 45 minutes, guaranteed. <laughs> now I must admit I'm a little torn about that, keep it holy and keep it short, but 
preach 10 minutes and skip communion or sing the first and last verses of a song, cut out maybe a couple of prayers. We're like the man whose wife complained that she never saw him. So he bought a laptop so he could bring his work home. How can we build relationship with God or our spouses or anyone else when we're constantly moving and moving so fast? Jesus told the disciples, come away into a deserted place and rest a while. And the disciples surely needed rest. They needed time to recharge their batteries. And so do we. You can probably remember when you were in school or when you were at work full time that you just couldn't wait when Monday morning came for Friday afternoon so you could begin your weekend and have your two days off. I know I'm that away today. I don't have to work on weekends, fortunately. This doesn't count. And it's something that I look forward to my time off. But the problem is, I've scheduled other things on about every other Saturday that happens to go on. So I'm always busy. I get one Saturday a month that I can sleep in. <laughs> and it's kind of nice. We think we can't take the time, but we have to take the time. We know that if we run our cars flat out, it won't be long before the car doesn't run at all. The same is true for us. If we run ourselves flat out all the time, redlining and going that way, we find ourselves one day, we're broken down along the side of the road. Jesus tells the disciples, come away into a deserted place and rest a while. Then the story takes a nasty turn from there. People saw where Jesus and the disciples were going, and they got there ahead of them. And Jesus and the disciples got to their quiet place, but it wasn't so quiet anymore. There was a bunch of people there and waiting for them. Now, it's interesting to see how Jesus handled this because he could have easily got angry. The disciples were weary and the crowds had just upset Jesus' plan for some quiet time. Jesus could have said, I'm sorry, folks, no miracles today. Go home. Nothing to see here. Come back during our normal business hours and we'll take care of you then. He didn't do that, though. He could have told the disciples to pull themselves together and pull up their bootstraps and jump in and let's get this work done and then we'll do some rest. But he didn't do that either. He didn't impose on the disciples who were worried from the travels already, but he had compassion on the disciples. He had compassion on the crowd. He saw they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he begins to talk to them. He begins to teach them. He begins to lead them. He begins to herd them along in the right direction. He became their shepherd. They brought their sick to him and he healed them. Jesus didn't organize the disciples to work the crowd. He didn't say, guys, I know you're tired, but we've got to go one more round here. There was no frantic quality to Jesus' ministry at all. He just touched the crowd with God's power and that's all that was needed. And there's a lesson for us in that as well. Yes, there's a great deal to do and we need to leave God's part in God's hands, but we gotta do our part as well. We need to let the Lord do his part, but we need to do our part. Christ calls us to be people of faith, not people of worry, not busy, anxious people. Christ calls us to believe, to believe that once we have done our part, we can trust God to do God's part. George MacDonald put it this way. He says, 
Learn these two things. Never be discouraged because good things get on so slowly here. And never fail to do daily that good which lies at hand. Do not be in a hurry, but be diligent. Enter into the sublime patience of the Lord. Let patience have her work and bring forth her fruits. Trust to God to weave your little thread into a web, though the patterns show it not yet. That is so wonderful of advice. What salvation lies in these words alone. Never be discouraged. Do your part. Be patient and trust God. And that's the key, isn't it? Trusting God. We have to do our part, but then we have to trust God to do His part. Trust to God to weave your little thread into a web, though the patterns show it not yet. We need to allow God to take away our spirit of anxiety and give us the peace that passes understanding. That's our Lord's message for this Lord's day, and I hope that you got a blessing out of it. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for opening our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds to what your message is today because we do live in a hectic world. We do feel that we can't stop. We always have to keep going. There's no time for rest. And we thank you, Lord, for pointing that out to us because it's something we need to hear. We thank you for your message today, and we ask that you continue to keep talking to us and dealing with us and helping us through the road of life. We ask this in your son Jesus' precious name. Amen. Go out this week, be a blessing and be blessed, because the more you're a blessing, the more you will be blessed. Thank you all for coming, and we'll see you next Sunday. Yeah, we'll see you next Sunday. It's the next Sunday after that we won't see you, but we'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to Dr. Rob White with the AULC Ministries. Athens Universal Life Church is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization. This production is an AULC Studios video production. Copyright 2012 to 2023. All rights reserved. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.